Welcome, Starlighters. You're listening to a new audio experience and episode-based series taken from the upcoming sci-fi novel, Starlight, Rafim's Revenge. You'll be joining space engineer Fox and his cosmic journey to find a life full of purpose, meeting unexpected new friends, investigating abounding mysteries and dangerous secrets about the Rephim. Join us every fortnight, starting now and continuing this summer, as we warp a new piece of the story to you thanks to your favorite podcast stores. Starlight, the novel and audiobook, will be available to buy this holiday season 2023. Now, let's start our quest through the stars with narrator and author of the series, Saint. Chapter 3. Interstellar Miracle The miracle came in the form of sleek silver ships that appeared out of nowhere and fired a barrage of lasers at the incoming missile. The missile exploded in a ball of fire sending debris flying in all directions. The biggest ship then turned and engaged the Refin fighter that had launched the attack. The Refim are known as a ruthless race of space pirates who've been raiding human colonies and ships for decades now. They were also the first and only extraterrestrial race Earth had encountered, other than the Refim slave race known as the Grey. Four-foot slender beings with giant black eyes that struck fear into anyone who saw them. The Refim, however, to be the elusive descendants of the ancient race of giants who had lived and ruled over parts of the solar system and many other galaxies. At least that's what the official interstellar commonwealth narrative is. They had somehow survived the destruction of their civilization. Fox and Ericu watched a scene unfold on the main screen with a mix of awe and relief. They'd been working on the Starlight Express for one hour and they'd seen more action in that short amount of time than they did the whole way through Galactic Engineering Academy, an institution they both unknowingly attended at the same time. Ariku had left the GEA as part of their internship program, hoping to gain some valuable experience and contacts in the interstellar travel industry. The Starlight Express was one of the most prestigious ships in the galaxy catering to the rich, the famous, and whoever wanted to enjoy the wonders of space in comfort and style. It had a capacity of 500 passengers and 200 crew members, and offered a variety of amenities such as a spa, a casino, place your bets, please. a theatre, a library, a gourmet restaurant, and much more to look forward to. Not to mention all the glass and the viewing ports were programmable. You could set them to any scene you wanted. The ship also had state-of-the-art technology and security systems, which made it an ideal choice for transporting VIPs such as Dr. Solis. She had been travelling for a conference where she had presented her latest finds and plans for the future of Mars around the system. She had arrived on the Starlight after making her way back from her home city on the cloudy planet Kepler accompanied by her team of assistants and advisors, of course. This is Captain Vega speaking. I'm happy to report that we are safe and sound thanks to our friends in the Interstellar Commonwealth Security Force. They've also assured me there are no more threats in our vicinity, and we can now resume our course to Mars. I'd like to personally thank all passengers and crew for your cooperation and calmness during this emergency situation. I'd also like you to join me in expressing our gratitude for the brave saviors by giving them a round of applause. The passengers and crew clapped enthusiastically as they saw the security ship fly past their window, waving its wings in salute. 
As the captain's voice faded, a loud cheer erupted from the passengers and the crew of the Starlight Express. Fox clapping along, feeling relief and adrenaline. They'd barely made it to the nearest escape pod when they saw the security ship warp in and intercept the projectile with a blast of plasma. Fox wondered, Who would want to attack a luxury Starliner anyway, carrying the director of terraforming? And what would their motives be? He also wondered how the security ship knew they were in danger and arrived just in time. Wow, that was super close. Ariku said, breaking the silence. Are you okay? Fox nodded. Yeah, I'm cool. Just a bit shaken up. How about you? Other than the heart attack, I'm all right. Thanks for grabbing my hand back there. You're a real hero. Fox felt his cheeks heat up. He had acted on instinct, pulling Ariku along as he ran to the pod. He didn't think of himself as a hero, just a sarcastic engineer with a mysterious past. He liked Ariku though. She was sweet and smart and funny. Don't mention it, said, trying to sound casual. Just believe me next time. They looked at each other for a moment and then looked away. Fox cleared his throat. Mm. Do you think we'll get to Mars on time? He asked. Ariku shrugged. We'll be fine. I've never been there before though. What about you? Fox shook his head. Nope, but I heard it's a sight for sore eyes from some of the engineers on Orion. He wondered if she liked him too. Meanwhile, on the bridge of the Starlight Express, Captain Vega was talking to the commander of the security ship via hologram. Thanks again for your assistance, Commander, Vega said. It was our pleasure, Captain, Commander said. We were just doing our duty. The commander wore a Starfighter helmet and had a blue crystal visor. He wore a dark blue interstellar commonwealth uniform with a gold trim and badges that indicated his rank and affiliation. He looked like the typical interstellar commonwealth officer, confident, competent and charismatic. Vega was impressed by his performance and professionalism. He'd also sent something else, a hidden agenda. He decided to probe further. We certainly were lucky you turned up when you did. Was it the ship's alerts? The commander smiled slightly. We were patrolling the sector when we detected an anomaly. It looked like a weapons frequency. I knew it was a Refim Creeper missile when I saw the purple light. Yes, Captain. We quickly realized it was a Refim missile. It would have slowly trailed you until you got out into space and then... Kabloom! He knew the Refim opposed the Interstellar Commonwealth and its policies. They were known for their violent attacks on civilian and military targets alike. They had been quiet for a while, but apparently they were back in action. And they had targeted his ship. Why would they attack the Starlight of all things? Unless... I wonder. It could be related to our escort duties for Dr. Solis. I wasn't briefed on this being a dangerous mission, not that I'm a stranger to them. The commander shrugged. Who knows, Captain? Maybe they don't like terraforming. Maybe they don't like Dr. Solis. Heck, maybe they don't like you. Vega felt a chill run down his spine. He didn't like the way the commander said that last part. He wondered if there was any more to this than meets the eye. He ended the hollow call and turned back to his co-pilot. Set her accelerated course for Sidonia Mars. We need to get the Doctor and her team on Martian ground as soon as possible. Yes, Captain. Co-pilot nodded, tapping the console. Course plotted and engaged. Estimated arrival time is 36 hours. Vega sighed and rubbed his temples. He had a bad feeling about the mission. Why would anyone want to attack the Starlight Express? A luxury Starliner that carried only the most influential and wealthy passengers. Why did the commander of the security ship seem so evasive and secretive? He decided to pay a visit to Dr. Solis and find out more about her work. He left the bridge and walked down the corridor, passing various crew members and guests. 
he noticed two engineers in blue jumpsuits carrying tools and equipment. One was a tall man with silver hair and blue eyes who wore a name tag that read Fox. The other was a petite woman with brown curly hair and green eyes who had Ariku on her tag. Excuse me, Ensigns. He said, stopping them. Yes, of course, sir. Fox said, saluting. We're just heading back down to the heart of the ship. Commendable actions earlier. Hitting the mechanical alert like that was a good call. Vega said, nodding. It was all Fox, to be honest. Ariku said, shyly. We were just doing our job, sir. Vega smiled back and was about to say something else when he saw Dr. Solis walking towards him. She was a middle-aged woman with dark hair, wearing a lab coat over her blue dress. Vega felt a surge of pride that he'd managed to protect her from the enemy attack. Thanks for having me, Captain Vega. She said, extending her hand. I'm Dr. Elena Solis. I want to say thanks for your bravery and skill. Very impressive, I gotta say. Vega shook her hand and smiled politely. Oh, no need for your generous words, Doctor. I'm just glad we made it out alive. He gestured to Fox and Ariku, who were standing behind him. There are my quick-footed engineers, Fox and Ari Q. They helped alert us all to the danger. Dr. Solis nodded and smiled at them. Fox shrugged and gave a sarcastic grin. He knew more about the Refim than anyone else on board. They had advanced technologies and weapons, and they were ruthless and cruel. He didn't trust anyone with his secret, and he didn't want to get involved in the war. He just wanted to do his job and get paid. I guess we're lucky. He said casually. Or God's favourites. Ariku rolled her eyes at him. She'd also had a crush on Fox, but she didn't know how to tell him. She admired his skills and sense of humour, but she wished he would open up more to her. She sensed that he had some pain from his past he was hiding from everybody. Vega nodded and said, Will you do me the honour of joining me in my ready room, Doctor? He turned to Fox and Ariku and said, You two can head back to your quarters or the leisure deck if you'd like. You've earned some respite. He watched him walk down the lobby and turn back to the doctor. Fox nodded to the captain and followed Ariku out of the lobby. Fox felt a surge of adrenaline as he walked through the corridors of the Starlight Express, still shaken by the near miss with the Refn missile. He glanced at Ariku and saw that she was pale and tense, her green eyes wide and alert. Hey, are you alright? He asked her softly. She looked at him and gave him a weak smile. Yeah, I'm fine. Just a little bit rattled. That's all. He reached out and squeezed her hand gently. Yeah, me too. But we made it. We're alive. She nodded and squeezed back. They reached the canteen and entered the crowded room. They saw a few familiar faces from their maintenance crew as well as some other crew members they didn't know. They grabbed a tray of food and looked for a place to sit. Hey Fox, Ari Q, over here. They turned and saw a man waving at them from a table near a window. He had brown skin, wavy brown hair and blue eyes. He wore a blue jumpsuit and a badge that read security officer. His name was Jake, and he was one of the captain's security officers on board. They walked over to him and sat down. He greeted them warmly and introduced them to his companions. This is Mia. She's a badass medbay nurse. Leo, he's our number one shuttle bay pilot. And that's Zara. She reports for GNN. She can keep secrets, though. Galactic News Network, which was watched by many, usually in spaceports or on communicators or in public transport. Oh my gosh, you guys are heroes. Zara exclaimed as she looked at Fox and Araki with admiration. Fox felt uncomfortable under her gaze. He didn't like being called a hero, or being in the spotlight. He knew too much about the Refim to feel good about what happened. He wondered if Zara knew the truth, or if she was just repeating what the Federation propaganda told her. He decided to change the subject. So, what do you guys think about the VIP passenger? You know, Dr. Solis. He asked casually. Zara's eyes lit up. Oh, she's fascinating. Specifically her work transforming dead planets. 
You know she's been working on making them more livable for decades. She's a genius. Fox nodded politely as he felt a twinge of suspicion. He wondered what she was really doing on board the Starlight Express. As Fox ate his food, he listened to the conversations around him. He heard the people gossiping about the Refim attack and speculating about the possibility of a future invasion. Some passengers were scared and nervous, while others were excited about the prospect of adventure and danger. Fox rolled his eyes at the melodrama. He leaned over to Arikyu and whispered, Do you think they know the truth? Arikyu looked at him quizzically. About the Refim, he clarified. Do you think they know they're not aliens, but something else entirely? Ariku frowned. Huh. Oh, you're for real. She said in a low voice. What are you talking about, silly? You can't say stuff like that in this climate without proof, you know. Fox sighed. <sighs> he knew Ariku was right, but it was hard for him to keep the secret bottled up inside him. He had known about Refim's true identity for years. His uncle and aunt had both worked at the Universal Federation. The United Human Societies doing covert missions and gathering intel on various planets and species. They told him about the Rifim and how they were actually fallen angels, not aliens. Fox had been skeptical at first, but then he had seen evidence to support their claims. He discovered classified files on his uncle's computer that detailed the Federation's experiments on Rifim and their attempts to weaponize their powers. He had read reports on Rifim sightings in remote areas of space and heard rumours about their involvement in secret government projects. Fox knew he couldn't share this knowledge with anybody else. He would be accused of spreading conspiracy theories, or worse, of being a traitor to the Federation. He had to keep quiet, and hope that one day, the truth would be revealed. As the meal ended, Fox and Ariku said goodbye to their friends and left the canteen. They walked back to their quarters in silence, lost in their own thoughts. Fox couldn't shake off the feeling of unease that he felt about Dr. Sleece and Arefim. He wondered what kind of mission they were really on, and what dangers laid ahead. He vowed to keep his eyes and ears open and to do whatever it took to protect himself, Ariku, and the rest of the crew from harm. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, give us a five-star rating and share the series with your friends and family. This episode is sponsored by brandcraze.co.uk. Need to step up your social media game? Then look no further. They have content creation services. They create amazing logos and websites and more to help you build the brand of your dreams. Create your craze today at brandcraze.co.uk. Until next time, be safe, Starlighters.